your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And Colorado remains undefeated in the postseason with a 7-1 to thumping of a pretty classless Vegas Golden Knights team. Uh, this thing was over... Pretty much by the end of the second, if you even want to say it was over by the end of the first, <clears throat> you could do that. Um, and we're going to get into all of it. There's a lot to break down, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But before we get to all that, first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram, and search for, or excuse me, send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. I'm sure you have a lot of all of those. I'm sure you have a lot of questions. I'm sure you have a lot of comments, and I'm sure you have a lot of concerns. So uh, send them to me at LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So the first thing that you know everybody was talking about was would the week off for Colorado help them or hurt them? And when you were hearing from the players themselves, all of them, I mean, you're you're going to think they're going to say it's going to help them. But they were pretty convincing with their words when they were saying it. <clears throat> there was no doubt that they felt really good about having a week off uh, because this team fully healthy is incredibly dangerous. And then look at what happened last night. Uh, a couple hours before puck drop, <clears throat> the Golden Knights announced that Robin Leonard was going to be their starting goalie. And it, it kind of did make sense. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury played all seven games in that first-round matchup with Minnesota. So you have uh, the game, one, and then two days off. So I don't fault them for wanting to put Leonard in and giving Fleury a break, and you're getting him an extra day break. And you you roll the dice. You, you take the chances. And the rust from Leonard was totally apparent. And that was so striking that the Avalanche had a week off and came out flying. And it just shows you the goalie position is so much different because when you have that much time off, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of rust on that end of the sport when you have that much time off and when you're playing a team like the Colorado Avalanche that doesn't stop, uh, you're, you're going up against, uh, a, I don't even know, a, a freight train. And that's what Leonard got. And he wasn't coming out. Uh, the, the, the NBC broadcast kept showing Marc-Andre Fleury every time there was an Avalanche goal as if to say, are they going to make a move? Are they going to make a move? And they're not. There's no point. There's no point to pulling him out because you, you, the the game is lost. So you know he's got a like I said on Twitter, he's got he, Leonard had to fall on that grenade, and the Avalanche were not going to let up on it. This is the playoffs. They know what happened to them last year. 
uh, you know, even though you're up by four goals and five goals, the Avs, they started to kind of, I don't want to say take the foot off the gas so much in the third, but they started to play the game where you uh, dump it in. Yeah, you get some pressure in the corners maybe. They still had some shots on goal, but it wasn't like that Blues game where they completely took their foot off the gas and let St. Louis back in. It was nowhere near that. Uh, they kept the pressure on, and uh, but but you knew like the, clearly the game was in hand. And then we had some incredible goonery by the Vegas Golden Knights. If I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan, I'm embarrassed to be a fan of that team right now. I'm embarrassed. I would be, but I'm not. And think if I maybe I would even change my the team I rooted for if I watched that junk. Yeah, I get it. You're losing the game. You're getting crushed in the game. And instead of just, you know, skating it out and, you know, if you want to rough it up a little bit, I have no problem with that. St. Louis did it in game one when St. Louis lost towards the end. It's it's kind of what you do. You set the tone for the next game, and you set the tone for the rest of the series. But what Vegas wanted to do was straight up, flat out hurt guys. And it started with the Avalanche putting a hit with Ryan Graves putting a hit on uh, Vegas's Janmark, who took a hit from Ryan Graves and you know it, it it was it a nasty hit in in the stance that it was a dirty hit no it it wasn't uh Janmark just was not looking where he was going he was semi engaged with I don't even remember who the other avalanche player uh was that was kind of fighting him for the puck and he he passed it behind him and he kept his his field of vision back towards the center of the ice and didn't see Graves come up and give him a really hard hit. Uh, you know, and he kind of got whiplashed a little bit and I did feel bad for him because he took a bad hit, but it wasn't a dirty hit. And Vegas clearly thought it was. Uh, you know, Graves got called for a penalty for it. I, I'm not even against the penalty that much i mean it, it, the way that it looked was was really bad and his and i think the end result is kind of what got graves the penalty i think it was a roughing penalty but uh it, it was a solid hit and if janmark had been looking where he was going it would he might have absorbed it a little bit better but he wasn't watching and he got crushed uh vegas took issue with that and then it started, you know, th nothing really happened immediate. And then it was Max Pacioretty who deliberately gave a reverse hit to Sam Girard. And it wasn't even a reverse. Like, he lined him up and threw his elbow right into the face of Girard. And that is a dirty hit. Gerard went off the ice, came back out on the bench, went back into the locker room, but did come back out and finish the game. 
Uh, I'll get to that later if I remember it. But um, that kind of started because that was in the third and that kind of started all of this excess. And, and again, it's okay in some form when you're getting beat this bad, you, you want to kind of stick up for yourself and say like, okay, you know, you got us for this one, but we're going to kind of set the tone for the next game. Uh, but you don't go above and beyond. And then it really got out of hand when who else Ryan Reeves acts like the idiot that he is and always is, uh, and kind of puts his hand and is pushing down on the head of Philip Grubauer and Graves took exception to that, understandably. So they mix it up and he throws him to the ice. Well, I don't even want to say he throws him to the ice, but not, you know, in a Tom Wilson type of way, but Graves is on the ice and Reeves gets on top of him and there's not a good camera angle yet that I've seen, but you can clearly see he is he's got his his glove and it even looked close to I don't know yet but it looked like a, a knee was almost on his head and he was just not letting up that's an idiot and that that's crap that doesn't belong anywhere near the sport and if department player safety if they do nothing here I might retire cuz that is crap and, and Ryan Reeves should not be around for at least the rest of this series. At least. But that was garbage from a garbage player. I'm sorry. There, you, know, you, you can play the game hard, but when you go to that level, you are nothing but garbage. And I don't even care. <laughs> you know, it, it's... I know that's a human being I'm talking about, but he had no regard for somebody else's life that's on the ground. And he's, you can tell Graves is trying to get up. He's in an uncomfortable spot. Reeves doesn't even care. So you're garbage. Um, we'll see what comes out of that, but it better be, it better be some sort of suspension and a long one, if you ask me. So, all right, we'll get to more of this game and kind of the ins and outs of it. But first, we're going to hear from Wealthfront. And investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index fund personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash NHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. That's wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. So the Avalanche, yes, yeah, celebrating a 
a great seven to one win and kind of getting lost in all of this is Sampo Ranta got some time tonight or last night now. Uh, but that was something that was getting thrown around a couple days ago. We knew he was practicing with the team, but maybe some people thought it was just he's getting some time with the team, might be on the taxi squad, or uh, maybe he'll get some time if they have this in hand. Who knows? But Jared Bednar continues to pull all of the right strings and put him out there as your first game. I mean, this was... It's not like what he accomplished was Kale McCarr level uh, in Kale McCarr's first game, but to throw him out there game one against Vegas, you know this is going to be a tough series. And he put him out there. And no Carl uh, Soderberg. And instead he got Sample Ranta. So let me check. He, it didn't seem like he was out there a ton. Very, it seemed like he was doing very short shifts with him. Uh, the line was him... Uh, along with New Hook, and I think it was either Donskoy or Belmar. Let me check. It was Belmar. So Belmar in a line with two rookies. And, you know, I thought he held up early on. He was noticeable. He had uh, the Evs dumped it into the zone, and it was kind of like right behind the, the goalie, and he stood his ground. Uh, almost, I thought the rest were just going to blow the Buck dead because there was no movement, but he was not giving an inch. He was even taking some cross checks to the back, which looked a little bit nasty. But he hung in there. Uh, it seemed like his time was went down as the game went on, which is a little surprising because you got the game in hand, so why not throw him out there for a little while? And you had that nine-minute power play, and I didn't see him out there once for that. So uh, maybe this was, you know, so for someone like Newhook, they threw him out there, second line, and and go, you know, all the confidence in the world in him, just go. Uh, and what we were talking about with New with Newhook with was, was like surprise they didn't put him on the fourth line, just get his feet wet. Seems like that that that's what they were doing with with Ranta. So, uh, you know, didn't make any huge moves or waves, but uh, you know, when, when that's your first game. Uh, I think what he did was was just fine. I don't even know if he had a shot on goal. No, nothing. He was a minus one, uh, but no, obviously no points for him. 747 of ice time, and that was it. So, okay, you got your first game under your belt. You know what to expect now. Uh, don't expect 7-1 to one every game, but we'll see what happens for the next game. Uh, outside of that, you know, just up and down this this roster, I thought, most everybody played a a good game. Um, you can start with Nathan McKinnon. The two goals and one assist, three more points for him. Um, eight shots on goal. You know, over twenty minutes of ice time, like that, which is the norm for him. But that one goal he had on the breakaway, he went from the blue line to right in front of Robin Leonard in a blink of an eye. And Leonard has no time to set. And Leonard has no time to even think Nathan McKinnon has a breakaway. When you say that phrase, he's already scored. When you already register that there's a player that is about to have a breakaway and that player is Nathan McKinnon, when you have that amount of time to register that 
not only as a breakaway, but oh yeah, it's Nathan McKinnon. You're scored on. It was incredible. It was great. I mean, and like we said, this was the first game with more fans in Ball Arena, over ten thousand. And like I said, they they play a part. They play a part. It's going to be interesting when they go back to Vegas because Vegas is allowing one hundred percent capacity. So, you know, this thing isn't over by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think any Avalanche fan really thinks that it's over. They feel really good today. Uh, but they know that Vegas has is they're beat. They're beat up. And that's what we were hoping for. We were hoping for the Minnesota Wild to do what they did and take them to seven games to, you know, maybe have them be a little bit more bruised and battered than the Avalanche are. Uh, and it showed, it showed they were, they were slow out there tonight. Vegas was, and Colorado looked like a team that had been rested for a week. And because it was the playoffs, uh, the rust wore off real quick. If this was game one of the season, you know, we all know how that started with that loss to St. Louis. And that's to be expected. But I think because this is the Avalanche, the Avalanche had a really good week of practice. You know, they said they had three full bore practices. So they weren't just taking the time off to do nothing. So where do we go from here? What do we expect? This is where it's going to get interesting. And we will talk about that right after we hear from Built Bar. And you know Built Bar. We've been talking about it for quite a while on here. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and it's the best protein, best tasting protein bar ever. That's right. Uh, they have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time offer. If you don't know, they have flavors like coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Plus, like I said, those limited time flavors. Always go back, check their website because they put new ones up all the time if you haven't tried any of the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors most flavors contain 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs a couple of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar five grams of net carbs nine amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So what can we expect in game two, which is not until Wednesday? Typically in the playoffs, it's like the season was uh, every other day. But because the Denver Nuggets are playing at Ball Arena on Tuesday, they weren't going to do a back-to-back, so they pushed it to Wednesday. Uh, this gives obviously Vegas some time to heal up, uh, and the Avalanche are feeling really good. They probably they would probably love to get back on the ice tomorrow, but it's going to be Wednesday night. We still don't know what is going on with Nazem Kadri. He had his hearing with the commissioner, and I am surprised nothing has come out of that before this series started. That was on Thursday. That was Thursday morning, and he can't make a decision. He can't figure it out, giving him two and a half days before this series starts. I know he'd probably still be suspended for this game. Uh, that's not the, the reason why I'm thinking he should have at least given us a, a result. But how much time do you need? 
So I don't know. You would have to think by Wednesday's game, that's almost a week, almost a week. So you'd have to think by then you'd get some sort of ruling for Nazem Kadri and if he's going to reduce his eight-game suspension. I'm not expecting it to be, but it'd just be nice to have some sort of well, – it wouldn't even be finalization because there is one more thing he could do uh, if nothing changes. But was anybody thinking about Nazem Kadri out there last night? Not really. Um, and that's not a knock on – Kadri, I would love to have him out there. Uh, but this, and, and I was talking about this last week, is this something that the Avalanche look forward and say, do we try to cut ties with Kadri? Do you try to trade him because he's got one year left? Because you're putting Ranta in for his first ever game in the playoffs against the Vegas Golden Knights. You obviously are playing new hook. You got Byram. I know he's on the defensive end, but you are putting your trust in all of these young guys and look what you just did to Vegas. Now I know, you know, they'll take everything in its totality and see how they do over the course of this entire postseason. But you got to feel really good about all of the guys you have out there, the veterans and the new guys. And it, this is hurting Kadri. Every game he's out and the Avs play like this, this is hurting his tenure with the Colorado Avalanche. We'll see, but uh, it, it's just it's getting more and more interesting uh, the more and more the Avalanche play in the postseason and play well. So that is that. Uh, that even saying that, I do want Kadri back. I would love to have him back in the postseason. That's where he shines. And he's been a good player for this team, so I want him to take part in this postseason. And if the Avs are, luck, Avs are luck, luck, lucky enough to win this whole thing, for him to be a part of it. Um, but what happens now? Game two, uh, when, when the Avalanche and the Golden Knights played that four-game series early in the season with the, I think it was the third game, was the Lake Tahoe game. Uh, during that time was saying like, this is pay attention to this because this is what's going to happen. If these two teams ma uh, match up in the playoffs, which we all expected them to do. And here we are because that was a back and forth series. And that was a matching of wits between the coaches. And it was a matching of, uh, everything changing from game to game between those two teams and that's what's going to happen here you know the avs went out and they took care of business they had a goalie who hasn't played and i don't even know when it's been a long time since robin leonard has played and they took advantage of it and that's what good teams do when you give them the littlest tiny sliver of anything they rip it open and they they take advantage of it and that's exactly what the avalanche did they took care of business and they took care of home ice which they've been doing all season long that doesn't mean they walk out in game two and you get a repeat of this. I am sure the Avalanche are going to play the same style of game. It clearly worked for them. But is it all the only thing for Vegas? Is it just not enough rest? Well, we'll see. Because now they're getting two days, which is a good chunk of rest time. Uh, and we'll see how they come back. Do they clearly need to change some of their 
sets and, and, you know, way that they're attacking the avalanche, definitely. And you will probably see that. You'll see them do some different things, give the avalanche some different looks. And that's the back and forth that you will have between these two teams over the course of this series. If Colorado can keep doing what they're doing and Vegas doesn't have an answer for it, it's going to be a short series. I don't see that happening. I see Vegas. I said this back then. Vegas clearly is a good team. Uh, But if you get them on their heels, they don't have the offensive firepower to come back. You know, you get them down three goals. Nothing's impossible, clearly. But they don't have... uh, They have some good offensive players. I'm not saying it can't be done. But you have an avalanche team that is just on another level when it comes to scoring. But I think, you know, this isn't any stretch of the imagination over. Vegas is going to come out. They're going to play much harder because you just embarrassed them on national television. You embarrassed them really good. And clearly they're not happy with it because they're throwing around cheap shots. But game two is going to be interesting. I, I, you know, it's, Again, in Colorado. So Colorado has the benefit of home ice again. And I don't think you change anything if you're the Colorado Avalanche. You go out there and you play the same exact way. You're still rested. You've played one game. So, and everybody's healthy. And, and when you win like that, it feels like you didn't even play. So Wednesday will be game two. And then from there on out, it is every other day. So they get an extra day rest right now. But, phew, Again, like we said at the beginning of the St. Louis series, you couldn't ask for a better start. And for this series, same thing. We'll have to see. I was going to mention the, the Sam Gerrard thing. We'll have to see what the injury thing is like. We'll have to see what happened to Ryan Graves if he's out for a little while. Uh, he w- Once the pile came off of him, he wasn't moving. Uh, so, I mean, he did eventually get up and, you know, he... he skated off I think you know his arms are around guys but uh he looked hurt and then the Sam Gerard thing I'm always cautious of guys who they leave the the bench they go into the hallway they come back and for Gerard he went back again a second time and then he came out he did finish the game I'm always cautious of those guys because somehow you know maybe when they go home and they sleep and they wake up whatever hurt them is like has tightened up so watch for sam gerard i i hope what he got was it seemed like it, it didn't seem you could see it. it was right in his face and he had the gauze up his nose so it wasn't like a mysterious the lower body injury uh, you know what where he got hurt so i would think he should be okay but I'm just always cautious of those guys that come back and finish the game. And then the next day they're like, yeah, he's out for the next, you know, two weeks. So we shall see. Graves is the one to watch though. Graves don't know. So we, we shall see if that's a, uh, a lingering injury for him. And then we will definitely be keeping an eye on department of player safety because they're going to be looking at many, many plays and hits from this game. Do I think they're going to look at the Ryan Graves one? on Janmark they shouldn't they shouldn't he was just looking in the wrong direction are they going to look at the patch ready one they should and they are no doubt going to be looking at Ryan Reeves the repeat 
offender. Ryan Reeves. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Get a hold of me. Follow me on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche, or send emails to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. In the end, it's a 7-1 whooping for the Avs, and that was uh, just what you wanted. So we'll see you tomorrow, and the Avs take the ice on Wednesday. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.